My name is Darion de Orion of House Orion, member of the Grey Shroud. This is a recollection of what I've learned for the Grey Shroud, a guild based in the glowing city of Fairhaven, located in Ondere. In my death, this spell shard will be passed to the guild's bookkeeper to be archived or destroyed on her orders at any time. The Grey Shroud... No. The new Grey Shroud. I wish to tell their story. The original Grey Shroud was a guild formed by a veteran of Ondere, Altair de Dineth. After many heroic efforts in the last war, he hoped to grant a place for those lost with nothing more than a war to hold them to this world. The war had changed so many. Many relied on it, while others were simply born into a soldier's life. Altair always had dreams of grandeur. And with a disaster that hit Fairhaven, the guild began to thrive as the capital saviors. Altair was well-loved by all who met him. You could identify his voice in a crowded tavern as he shared tales of his friends. He had them all committed to memory as he gestured grandly in each retelling. A man with many admirers and many secrets still unknown to this day. In the events of the morning, Altair was lost. His body was found dead in the horrible grey mist as Warforged searched for him day and night. They found him wrapped in Ondere's flag and gave him a proper space in the veterans' memorial grounds. The guild went silent as leadership moved to the mysterious flowing river, a water genasi who flourished under House Caneth. Through events unknown, the guild hall was left with only the bookkeeper remaining. She had made a promise to watch over the stories that sat on the shelves inside. Not much was heard from the flowing river. She became one of the many mysteries of Corvair, but time moved forward and a strange group of individuals were invited to meet in Shan, the city of towers. A cleric of Aladra, a dragonborn named Nesmash, a bard of the Stormchaser clan, an Aarakocra named Hercules, a mysterious barbarian, a drow named Rai, a sorcerer who worked as a professor in Sire, a changeling named Locke, and a rogue who was well-versed in his craft, a halfling named Nemo. These five were summoned to the Grey Dragon Inn, a place for the wealthy to stay. By a strange Kenku named Millie Sweetheart and a servant-like Warforge named Mask. There, they met her, the flowing river. She had decided to start recruiting for the Grey Shroud once more with the same goal that Altair once held for the guild. She stood proudly with the members that chose to stay by her side. Mask, a monk who followed the way of the living weapon, never stayed far from her. He decided to take care of her as she once did for him, and became extremely protective of her. If there is ever a naysayer who tells you that Warforged do not feel or experience care, have them look to him and learn. Alyssa, a strange cleric of a god unfamiliar to Eberron, found a home in the Grey Shroud. 
She left momentarily to help with the healing efforts after the war and returned with a strange Kenku named Millie. Millie held tight to Alyssa as she lost her memories, but her ability to mimic any voice helped her greatly as she joined and offered her services. The new group agreed at the sound of good coin for good work. Her goal, the goal of the Grey Shroud, was to stop the corruption growing in Corvair. Little did they know that the group was not new. It was being reborn then and there. They took on their first mission and helped a warforged named Cole find what happened to someone she cared about. A crime boss named Gara had used their skills to force the hand of a House Orion lord into overworking a group of warforged, but went too far when they had one destroyed as an example. Through words of encouragement, Cole joined the Grey Shroud under a new name, Diamond, to show her rebirth. Wearing her lover's cog around her neck, she fought with the group and stopped Gara before she got away. The group stayed with River for their own reasons and left the City of Towers to meet many different characters. They made their way to Flamekeep. There, they met me, under the name of Braveheart, a protector of those who could not protect themselves under a strange city led by a young child in danger of an internal war. The Blades, a group of Warforged led by the Lord of Blades, was ready to attack Flamekeep as they continued to oppress the Warforged that lived within her walls. Jayella, the young Keeper of only 11 years old, was supposed to help balance the leadership, but she was being taken advantage of. She was simply a poster child for the Silver Flame, but I knew she could be so much more. Coincidentally, Rai was able to see one of his own, a drow woman that I had helped named Relina. She had lost all of her memory when I found her starving near an old fort. It seemed to stir something in the stoic barbarian and, well, honestly, I may not be so curious if he hadn't told me that returning her memory would be a mistake. I suppose there are always secrets in the Grey Shroud, whether they fully joined or not. Ah, but I'm sure I should get back to the whole situation of Flamekeep. My apologies, old habits. Between the blades and the head cardinal, Flamekeep was collapsing internally. It even got to the point where Alyssa was framed for heresy and other ridiculous crimes. Jayella, eyes now open thanks to the Grey Shroud, took her stance and chose to do good for the Warforged and balance the scales for the people. Not only that, but with their new companion Dreamer, a Warforged paladin for the Ancients, and a few goblins they had befriended, they took down a titan and the Blades planned to destroy Flamekeep. I then joined the Grey Shroud knowing that I surely would learn more about the group, and of myself from then on out. Dreamer said their farewells as they continued on their journey, giving Nesmash a single flower made into a ring. We traveled to Fairhaven, my home, and the Grey Shrouds. There, the group learned of the old Grey Shroud Guild, and the old leader. Altair's portrait still hangs proudly in the hall of the guild, the golden prosthetic arm made lovingly by River shining in the sunlight as he stood, with a smile even brighter than that. The scars on River's heart began to show. It broke my heart to see her the way she was, knowing the stories I do, and there could only be more that she knew of that will never reach the history books. Nevertheless, I had my own concerns to worry about. The Grey Shroud learned of my heritage. 
My name is Darion de Orion, and I am a scion, who is now known as the Orion Prodigy. At a young age, I came up with a plan of collaboration that would help House Orion get back on their feet after so many years of fighting and licking wounds. Though, we'll come back to this. More importantly, Alyssa suffered through pain of her own. A god from an unknown world unleashed a fury that affected her ability to speak with her own god, LaRue. Rai had heard from this god and did not believe her word, so she chose to give evidence to this. We all rushed back to Flamekeep to find that Relina had the ability to speak with this goddess and allowed this Zinzarina to use her as a vessel so that she could finally speak with him face to face. With our return to Fairhaven, we hoped that Alyssa's connection would return, but the group had a job to finish and went on their way to the Canth Woods. There, they met a druid who followed the Lady of the Forest, a newer being who was now followed by many druids in Corvair. This druid, however, had two personalities. A protective spirit resided in her as well as her own soul. She introduced herself as Vidania. Vidania asked for assistance in getting her friend back after the group fell in her trap with another unlucky elf named Kalis. The group eventually found her companion, a bugbear named Bramble, and all of the kobolds he protected. A device put around his neck caused him to forget about Vidania, but didn't work as intended as the gnolls wanted the cleric of the forest on their side. With Bramble and the kobolds safe with Vidania, the group headed home where they received their next mission. A mission to protect me. Being such a young scion who already accomplished so much, I had been invited to detain Gala and Shan numerous times. But I had hoped that my devotion to the church would have put potential suitors off. I suppose I was wrong. In our best clothes, we made our way to Shan, and the group acted as our bodyguards. It was easy enough as River also took on the role of a scion. In all honesty, she could have fooled me the way she held herself. Perhaps she was used to the lifestyle. No matter how careful I thought I was being, I fell for a trap. My drink had been tampered with and I found myself deeply charmed by the barrenness of House Lyrander. The trap was well placed by a woman named Marissa, a rogue who also happened to take on the role of a cleric by her god, the Traveler. She agreed to help the group keep me from the barrenness as the spell took its time to wear off, though their plans went a little awry. Though, I guess River had plans of her own as she convinced the Baroness that Kenneth and Lyrander would do well to focus on their collaboration efforts together, saving me from a marriage. Still, a charm spell so heavy had me feeling heartbroken, but I was safe and sound thanks to the Grey Shroud. We all returned with the chaotic cleric joining the group, and time moved on. The Grey Shroud then took a mission in Eskelios, where the Blades had taken control of the Star Peaks and were terrifying the small mining town. Not only that, but they learned of a silver dragon cornered within the peaks. The group met a strange duo, a gnome druid named Sabus, and a half-orc barbarian named Alini. They came up with a plan to draw the Blades away from the dragon, allowing them a chance of freedom. 
When the time was right, the young silver dragon demolished the warforged inside and took back their home. The group was given their rewards, but things only got stranger from there. They received a letter from a familiar gentleman, a skeletal man on a skeletal horse inviting them to dinner to discuss a job on the nearest full moon. Through verbal agreement, they were taken to a plane between the living and the dead. In his home, he took on his living form, a man, almost elven, but more mystical and fae-like, with wavy yellow to orange to red hair. He asked they refer to him as the host, as he no longer knew his name. The Grey Shroud offered to assist him in finding any memories, and soon found that a wraith that resided in the space he inhabited had stolen them all away from him. Through each memory he regained, he grew stronger, and I began to piece together what a conduit is exactly. Like Alyssa and Relina, our host was a conduit. Beings in the material plane that could bring godlike powers to Eberron and act as vessels for these foreign gods and deities to speak and act through. The host brought Corvair, the Lady of the Forest, through a pact in his homeland. With his help, her influence changed Druidic teachings forever, and she gained so much power from it. Though he was her conduit, our host housed a strange crystal that housed the power of the Silver Flame. Instinctually, I took it within me, and could now hear its voice, something only Keeper Jayella and the Keepers of Old could do. With all the questions swirling in my mind, we moved to slay the Wraith. As we received our thanks and we returned to our bodies, Locke was grabbed in a last-ditch effort by the Wraith, and taken off the path home. And as the group awoke, terrified for Locke, a tiefling warlock by the name of Rhett made his appearance. He bowed and offered his loyalty to River as a bargain had been made through Altair. Reluctantly, the group returned to Fairhaven with him. But it wasn't all negative. Vidanya came to meet with the group. She suggested they use their favor to speak with the Lady of the Forest and offered her aid in finding Locke. The group headed for the only face fire in Corvair and stepped into the strange world of Lalanis. The Lady thanked Vidanya, and the group learned her true identity as the Lady's daughter. She pointed the way, the Forsaken Forest located in the Lazar Principalities. They reunited with Dreamer and arranged to head there next on airship, though they were attacked by the one who took Locke. Still, they made it to their destination, protecting the ship and its crew. Skarn was a small fishing town with many worries, as the blood of Vol was a threat to their way of living, being so close to the Undying Court in Valnen. I became so worried that I quickly made my way through teleportation means and joined them with a crystal to contain the voice I had heard in the host's manner. I told Nez, Nezmash, of Jaila's worries and my intent to proceed with caution. 
Carefully, we made our way through the forest, and with Dreamer's fey magic, we found a strange ruin underground full of traps and mysterious things. The power in my crystal grew more difficult to contain as we ventured deeper in. After some time, we reached a teleportation circle that led us to Locke and a new friend of his, a drow lich without a name, but who supposedly knew Rai. The truth hurt more than the lie we had told ourselves. Locke had chosen to join the lich through a contract. The lich was a mortal in Corvair, and after losing his life, he became the way he did. And through that, he learned much of the worlds outside of Eberron. Gods reaching for what they couldn't have. A world blocked off from gods through strange magics. He foresaw a war much larger than the last war could ever hope to be. And even as Nemo stepped forward, Locke simply looked towards us and kept to his decision. Now, our only option is to trust in Locke as he goes on his own, on a path unknown to all of us. As I sit here recording my circling thoughts, I have many theories swirling in my head. These conduits may act as chess pieces until a god breaks through, or these gods with so much time on their hands just wish to play with us and have us suffer for their entertainment. One thing is for certain, though. If what the Lich said is really the truth, this will be more than just a war. Eberron could barely handle a war of its own people. But if the morning was truly a god's work... I pray that it all remains theory, and I shall pray to the Silver Flame every day for its protection. Though, if any god is out there truly listening, please protect Eberron so that I may continue these notes at a later date. <laughs> 